T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And it is Overnight America. It's Hancock and Kelly sitting in for Ryan Recker. Ryan, uh, enjoying some time off here between Christmas and New Year's. And John Hancock, uh, I shelter in a place that continues to have beautiful Christmas decorations up. How about you? Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, Just walked outside. We got the Christmas light display uh, going strong out here. But, you know, it's a little depressing to... You know, you're after Christmas, and this is the week between Christmas and New Year. Nobody takes their lights down yet. Uh, but it's a little depressing to see all the Christmas lights out, and Christmas has come, and Christmas is gone. Uh, yeah, but please. our lights are our lights are looking great. I do, you know, I don't like to talk, but they uh, they look magnificent. Now, the day that uh, there's been this long-standing debate on when you're supposed to take down Christmas decorations and. Some people think it's after the first of the year, but for some reason, I think it does it take place around the Feast of Epiphany uh, or something like that? I don't know. I mean, like January 15th, some Catholic deal. Um, well, they'll be, they'll be down long before January 15th. Now, the, the question at our house is when does the tree come down? Um, right. you, may, you may recall that a few years ago, I left the tree up until... Uh, uh, I think it was the NCAA Final Four football somewhere around April. Um, so <clears throat> the tree will stay up for a while. Yeah, well, uh, typically when the Masters shows up and Easter's there, uh, you should have your tree down. And, uh, John, we continue to have cold nights uh, and uh, cold relations in Washington, D.C. We heard there in the news that President Trump uh, really pressing the Republicans harder on the $2,000 stimulus bill, uh, saying that that's, in fact, what should happen. I have to tell you, I haven't found myself agreeing with Donald Trump on too much in the last four years, but I agree with him on this. I don't. Um, you know, you have some Republicans, Josh Hawley being um, one of the most more prominent members, uh, who are championing this $2,000 check to everybody that earns less than $75,000. Here's the problem with that. Well, there are two problems with it. Number one, you've got people out there whose work has not been interrupted. Uh, they may be a teacher. They may be making $62,000 a year. Uh, their income has not been uh, interrupted at all. And, and they're going to get a $2,000 check from 
us, uh, you know, that that really is uncalled for. It's not targeted. It's not given. Look, there are plenty of people struggling. If we could figure out a way to get two thousand dollars to people who are struggling, uh, who have lost their jobs, then I'm all for it. But to give a two thousand dollar check at a time, Michael, when our national uh, deficit this year is three point no, three no, trillion dollars. OK, we're going to come back to that. Because uh, I, I agree with you, but uh, I, I'm sorry. Anytime Republicans bring up the word deficits, uh, I'm just going to say, where the heck have you been? Now, you, John, have always well, been a fiscal conservative. Yes. I agree, completely agree. And you've been opposed to this president's drunken sailor spending. But here's the problem that most Americans, including myself, have. In the first round of stimulus that came around, it was a $3 trillion stimulus. It right. went to nearly every business owner in the country. Now, yes, it was for the purposes of retaining their employees. Yet, guess what? Business owners have adjusted their companies now. They realize a new way of being able to function in the midst of COVID, and they're trying like heck to keep people employed, and we've got to continue to help them. But we were able to come up with $3 trillion in the first round. This is $900 billion that's going to workers who maybe they found themselves because they worked at a restaurant that, doesn't need as much help as it used to need. Or maybe they're at Coca-Cola, who's making the cutbacks uh, as a result of the fact that less product is selling since the coronavirus came. But when I hear people say, oh, well, $900 billion is too much after we gave $3 trillion to the world's largest corporations, hogwash, I say. Hogwash. No, it's, it, it's, it's $900 billion with a $600 um, stimulus check to people. What we're talking about is a $2,000 stimulus check to people. And and if it could be targeted, look, I'm all for it. If somebody's out of work, they're structurally unemployed uh, or underemployed because of the pandemic, I'm all for giving them $2,000. But to write a $2,000 check to every American who earns under $75,000, which is most Americans, uh, at a time when our national debt is at 3.3 trillion, and the uh, I'm sorry, the deficit's at 3.3 trillion, and the national debt is 20 some trillion dollars, we can't afford that, and it's not needed by many of those people. Yeah, but but and, but, but was it needed by big business when we handed out three trillion earlier this year? We no. know there are people who are out there hurting. I don't want to see us throw the baby out with the bathwater. The fact of the matter is, is I think the president's right. $2,000 is what makes sense. It's what we're well, seeing in comparable industrialized countries. This is unprecedented time. And, you know, $2,000 to get us through the rest of this uh, time that we're going to be facing, John, a person who gets a $2,000 check is not putting it in the bank to save to buy stock. They're immediately going out and injecting that money straight into the economy. Some are, uh, because that $2,000 is going out to people that have lost no income whatsoever during the pandemic. That $2,000 is going out to people who um, who are in as good or better economic shape than they were before the pandemic. That $2,000, it, look, it, it can't be targeted. And if it could be targeted, I'm all, count me in. Count me in to help people out who are struggling, who have lost their jobs, and, you know, I'd rather put that money into unemployment um, in, you know, enhancement of unemployment benefits, which the original package does do, uh, than to just write a, a check to people who may or may not, you know, be in dire need of that money. And we don't have. 
the money. It, you know, if, if, if my kids come to me and say, you know, dad, I've gotten a little behind. I need to check for $10,000. If I don't have the money, I, I, as much as I want to help them, I can't help them. And, yeah, but for the last four years, we've handed them the credit card and said, well, go ahead, give the world's yeah. largest corporations tax cuts. Go ahead, give the wealthiest people tax cuts. But now, when in the midst of a pandemic, we can't find $2,000 for working Americans, people who want to be working in this time, who've been if hurt by this pandemic, something that nothing on their own doing has put them in the situation they're in today. If we don't start to pay attention to the debt that we put on this country. And, you know, my fellow conservatives out there are very concerned about China, China being a bad actor in the world, China developing a military infrastructure, China developing a, an economic infrastructure to try and become, to usurp us as the world superpower. There's a lot of conservatives that are, that are concerned about that. Well, if you want to empower China, then drive up the U.S. debt, because guess who owns a huge chunk of that debt? It's China. And if we don't start paying attention to the profligate spending that our government has done, both parties, uh, then we're going to pay a price for it down the road. And, and uh, you know, this, this concerns me a great deal. 314-436-7900, It's Overnight America with Hancock and Kelly. So what do you think? Uh, are the Republicans suddenly getting religion again on spending is $2,000 too much? What, what, what are you looking forward to? Or do you expect the government to come through on this $600 check or the, a $2,000 check? And John Hancock, when we kind of come back, I want you to look into your crystal ball and tell me how this all ends with President Trump really putting Republicans in a tough spot. It's Hancock, it's Kelly, it's Overnight America. Stick around, won't you? It's going to be a fun night right here on KMOX. Weekday mornings at 8.30, Charlie Brennan and Amy Marks Kors provide perspective on KMOX and KMOX.com. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Overnight America. It's John Hancock and Michael Kelly. We are sitting in for Ryan Record. We've been discussing these $2,000 checks that are being debated in Washington. We've been talking about the national debt. I'm going to explain why it's a problem here in a minute, but we have some callers, Michael. Let's go to the phones. Ronnie, you're on CAMOX. Welcome aboard. Hey, Ronnie. Ronnie? No such luck with Ronnie. Oh. Well, you know, I got a Ronnie O'Sullivan autographed uh, <laughs> yeah. picture for Christmas. So, so let's bring everybody up to speed. So if you're uh, our listener of Hancock and Kelly, you know we play snooker. Oh, and yeah. The best uh, snooker player in the world is Ronnie O'Sullivan. And the greatest Hancock, of all time. Your family has uh, picked up on Ronnie O'Sullivan, and you've got yourself some uh, uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan swag. What is it, like Michael Jordan stuff? You have it, it is. It's, hanging uh, on it's, a wall? It is. It's uh, <laughs> him uh, shooting his 1,000th century break that's 100 points in one turn at the table and uh, he's got the most century breaks of all time and he signed he signed it it's authenticated on the back it's hanging up by the yellow corner pocket on my pool table on the wall there michael you will be happy to know do, do you get do you, do you get like some of the powder from his chalk uh in a vial with the authentication i mean come you on. know 
Ronnie actually uses American chalk, and that that became quite <laughs> became quite controversial when he won the world championship a few months ago for the sixth oh, time, and oh. uh, he was using American chalk. So yeah, he well, caught, he caught a little flack over in uh, across the pond, as they say. So so, so, so John, wait, 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 real quick, let me just pose this question back at yeah. you because one of the things that you Republicans and you know what I appreciate you is your conservative fiscal conservative. You didn't change during the Trump administration, although you were a little more silent. Um, <laughs> but you did speak out against what the party was up to. Um, what's wrong with the $2,000? Who do we owe that money to anyway, John? I mean, how much longer do we have to continue to hear this lecture about debt from the Republicans, yet they don't really seem to care about it when they're in charge in the White House? And I think you all are the people who just continue to cry wolf. So here's what happens. We've got a, a $27 trillion debt. Uh, on top of that debt, now we've added a $3.3 trillion annual deficit. So the deficit is how much we overspend a year. The debt is all of the deficits accumulated. And all of that debt has to be paid back with interest. And so there's an office in Washington, D.C. every day where people go into work and they sell the debt. Uh, people are buying U.S. bonds or buying whatever uh, instruments uh, to, to service the debt. Someday, people aren't going to, other countries, China, are going to stop servicing our debt. Uh, and that means that the interest payments can't be made. It means, or they can't be made without the United States printing money that we don't have. And at some point, you'll recall which, what happened to Greece. Which is what we do right now. We print money that we don't have. Uh, we do, but the debt is still being serviced. And uh, at some point, if if people aren't investing, either by buying U.S. savings bonds or foreign countries like China investing in our debt, if at some point that debt service stops and people aren't investing in our debt, then we default. And that's what happened to Greece uh, and, and other countries, Greece being the most notable, most recent example. And when you default on your debt, then you go into insolvency and uh, your economy collapses. And yeah, so, but people lost confidence in Greece's markets altogether. They um, did. Regardless of how much debt we're in, people aren't going to lose confidence, at least at present day. So United you say, markets. Right. so you say, but if we're, but if we're at a, if we're in a war with China and they decide to pull the plug on investing in our debt, that's a, that's leverage that they have over so John, our country. Where was, where was this concern when we made the tax cut for the wealthiest Americans? I don't remember this being a talking point about how ultimately what we're doing by giving away the world's largest tax cut that we did under the Trump administration was in fact indebting us more to the Chinese. I don't well, remember that being one of your talking points. Yes, because you will recall that with a tax cut coupled with the regulation reforms, one of the better things that Donald Trump did as president of the United States, uh, that stimulates economic growth. And economic growth grows the economy, it grows the GDP. And when you grow the gross domestic product of the country, you're creating more wealth. And when you create more wealth, you create more, among other things, tax revenues to the government. And um, stimulating growth is an important uh, imperative for economic policy. And in the short term, you may see lower revenues, but over the course of the long haul of a, of a, of a stimulative tax cut, you're going to see economic growth that more than makes up for whatever the revenue shortfalls were in the short run. And that's why 
that's why conservative economic policy works, and it's why well, the, there was the lots of talking there. We haven't had conservative economic policy in a long time in this country. Um, help me out. What? How does this end? We have Josh Hawley and Bernie Sanders on the same side of an issue. I mean, if that doesn't make your head explode, uh, let's go. You know, there. Number one. Number two. You have Nancy Pelosi taking up the president's argument on the floor of the United States House and passing. In fact, there should be 2,000. You have Mitch McConnell, who has empowered and has been complicit in every action the President of the United States has participated in in the last four years, now suddenly saying, oh, no, I'm not sure we're going to do this. How does this end? This is a fracture inside the Republican Party. This isn't a failure of Congress. This is a failure of the world's greatest negotiator, the art of the deal guy, who couldn't get anything done, sat on the sidelines, and is now trying to make himself relevant after the parade already went through town. Well, we'll get there in a minute, but first we're going to check in with Fernell. Fernell, you're on X. Thanks, guys. I want to make a comment in regards to national debt. Yes, sir. First, place you got to realize that we end up billions and billions of dollars in national debt, okay? Yeah, we are three point six billion in debt and June that come home to rooster and we don't have the money to stay on to pay it. The only problem is the fact is that the more and more debt being accumulated we got to meet it someday. I had people talking about buyers gonna raise taxes. You damn right you're gonna raise taxes. How are we gonna pay some national debt, pay off national debt? You have to you have no choice. And this accumulation of Two thousand dollars, well, with something like thirty billion plus. Now, how are you gonna pay it off? You can't. Uh, I'm a kid that came to World War II, okay? Yeah. And I remember in the class, the teacher said, "Well, we're gonna take what this new terminology, mathematical terminology, is billion." We said, "What is a billion?" Well, the simplest way is a billion is we add three zeros to million, and three zeros to million, and that's a billion. So you got nine 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 million, add three zeros, and that's a billion. <laughs> And that's it. We find where we say, what business has been? No business has been. We say, what's about this billion dollars? This billion dollars, when you get to 999 million, the next step in mathematics is billion. <laughs> so now you've got all these billion dollars and things. Like you know, here's the thing you better look at. Trump takes his excise tax and he say, well, you don't have to pay for it. Excise tax pay for them Social Security. That's well, there it is. For now, uh, <laughs> perhaps one of the better economic lessons we've had here on The Voice of St. Louis. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, for now. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right. Take All right, care. Then. That was insightful. Well, uh, he was. So, uh, so uh, I'll pose back my question to you. I won't do <laughs> yes. it with all the rhetoricalness. But how's this end? Donald Trump, Josh Hawley, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> All on one side, Mitch the Turtle McConnell and Chuck Schumer on the other. I mean, hello, what's going on? So, so what McConnell is doing, and it's brilliant. And and Mitch McConnell, whatever you may think of him, is a brilliant legislative tactician. So he has taken the president's tweets of the last seventy-two hours uh, that involve Section three twenty of the FCC code that would allow people to sue social media companies like Twitter and Facebook. They have an exemption right now. He's taken that. He's put a commission to study election fraud uh, in the bill, and he's put the $2,000 check, and he's put it all in one package. 
And that is the package that Mitch McConnell is going to put on the floor. And what that's going to do is it's going to put Democrats right now, the 2000, if if you vote $2,000 up or down, it puts Republicans in a real bind because there's not agreement in Mitch McConnell's caucus on that $2,000. You got Josh Hawley, you've got the two Republicans running uh, for the Senate in Georgia who are saying yes to that. But you've got most of the leadership in the Republican Senate saying we can't afford it and it's not a prudent use of funds. And so McConnell does not want to put his caucus into a spot to vote up or down on that $2,000. So he's taking all of the president's desires, the the Section 320, uh, I'm sorry, 230 exemption, and he's taking uh, an election fraud commission study. He's packaging all that together. It's going to go to the floor and it's probably going to lose. That's that's where I think it's headed. Well, that was a long one. Um, and uh, that's a shame that it's going to lose. Uh, I'm still interested in whether or not people want $2,000, $600, no dollars. Are you like John Hancock? Are you still smarting like I am that we even did the first round of stimulus and that went to the world's richest corporations? And now it didn't, it didn't, it did though, John, it did. Everybody was in there from Joel Olstein to Apple <laughs> to you name it. Everybody. Well, any, any time I, I will, I will give you this, Michael. Anytime the government opens up the purse and says, come and get it, uh, everybody's going to come and get it. And uh, that's, it's precisely why it's not. The one, but this is the one time we're not going through the Small Business Loan Administration for forgivable loans to companies. What we're doing is giving the money to everyday Americans who need it. Anybody under $75,000, what's wrong with that? I mean, what the heck? Haven't they suffered enough? Don't we need to get through the rest of this winter? So how is this different from universal income? Why don't we just write every American a $2,000 check every a, month? Because this is a pandemic. Uh-huh. Um, and this but, does have an ending. This does but have an ending, John. You're sending but, the money but, to people who yeah, have but, not had their incomes affected by the pandemic. But, is that okay? John, right now we have interest rates at zero. We have every trick going for Wall Street and the big bankers to be able to roar at the fastest economy. Uh, to, and then we say to the people who are hurting the most, we can't afford 200 bucks. But here, let them eat cake. You can have 600 Come on, John. Somebody who gets a $2,000 check is immediately going to inject that money back into our economy. That's not I'll a tell corporation. You, Go I got a check for you. 436-7900-1800-925-1120. We got to check the weather when we come back. Uh, We'll take your phone calls or we'll talk about what Apple is doing to screw all of us. That's coming (laughs) up next right here on The Voice of St. Louis, Camel X. Welcome back to Overnight America. And Hancock and Kelly sitting in for Ryan Recker. Ryan will be back with you after the first of the year as we start a new year. And boy, aren't we all ready for that. 2021. 2021, a good year, hopefully. Can't get much worse in the words of the Beatles. Let's go back to the phone lines and check in with David. David, you had some thoughts on the $2,000 stimulus checks. Hey, John. Uh, It's good to talk to you. Uh, I have a couple comments, and I got a question for Michael. Okay. First of all, John. Yeah. uh, You know, you know, all this money that we're kicking out to people, yeah, I know some of them need it, but... Me, the $1,200 thing I got back in uh, March, 
I kick that in my investments because I know how to go out and get a job. I don't I don't live off the welfare system. And I don't live off the democratic uh, deep state. Right. Second of all, second of all, how in sweet Jesus' name are we going to pay for all this stuff? We're already what twenty eight trillion dollars in debt. Yeah. If China, if, if if China wanted to pull the plug and say, "Hey, guess what, boys and girls, we want our money," this yep. country would collapse in a heartbeat. And then Michael. And I hope that you'll answer this question. What if Donald Trump was a Democrat, McConnell was a Democrat, Pelosi was a Republican, Schumer was a Republican, <laughs> and the roles reversed? Would you still keep whining like a Jewish old grandma about every damn thing that's ever gone on in this world? Man, I tell you what, if there was a whiny award, you would win platinum. Man, you were the biggest damn whiner I've ever met in my life. Well, thanks, David, for the call. Let me let me just say he might be. I think he might be a fan of mine. Let me just say on the front end of the points that David made, I'm not. I do not think you're the whiniest American, Michael. I, uh, uh, but on the on the front end of the points that he made, I would like to send that man a cigar. A cigar. Uh, well, there's a, there is a gentleman right now whining about the fact that he thought the election was rigged. <laughs> he didn't win. He filed fifty lawsuits and got smacked. Sixty. Down. 60. He got beat by his own Supreme Court. Um, three justices who just were going to do what they wanted. People around him were talking about how everything seemed to be right. and There was a lot of whining going on there. So we'll move along. So I am going to whine about something, though, John. Yes. I was this many well, years Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I, you apparently do not have the call screener pulled up on no, your No, you're going to handle all the calls tonight. Uh, Jim, you're on X. Jim? Uh, Hello, Jim. You know, am, I, am I on there now? Jim, yeah, you are on the air right now. All right. Oh, all right. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. You bet. Well, I have similar, uh, a similar opinion to the previous guy, and I can't believe that nobody is saying this, but the reason why people don't want to take – there is job, there are paid jobs available, but the reason people don't want to take them is because they don't pay very much. That money, all of it, should be going as either tax credits or payroll uh, tax uh, reduction for people who make less than $36,000 a year. Down for that. Grocery store clerks, the uh, convenience store uh, clerks, uh, uh, people that work at Dollar General, uh, Walmart, Kmart, all that kind of stuff. To get get people an incentive to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people don't work. Yeah, Jim. Thank you, Jim, uh, for that so, call. A little scratchiness so John, the, on the that yeah. Very, very noble, very noble point. And I agree with them. But where's the substitute bill? Where is Mitch McConnell leading on this? Why is well, he saying, you know what, two thousand dollars, Mr. President, is right, but it should only be for this, and then introduce a substitute bill? Well, because the House has passed the two thousand dollar bill, so the Senate's going to take that up, and he's going to. Um, but but the caller was right. If you if you're so going to address this. He's going to tube the whole $2,000 thing rather than making it work. Look, the, the stimulus package that was passed, the $900 billion that was passed, is going to do a lot of good for the economy. Uh, some yeah. of it's going to be wasted, yes, but it's going to do a lot of good. Let's go to Mary. Mary, you're on X. How you doing? Hi, good evening. I just first of all want to say I always enjoy listening to you two, and I have great admiration for the fact that you can differ so much in your opinions and yet still get along and be friends. And mm-hmm. uh, I just admire that very much. Second of all, I want to say that I totally agree with Jim. 
um, you know, I was hesitant to take the first $600 that came because I, yeah. I believe that somehow, some way, we're going to pay for that. Um, right. You know, I asked a million times, are we going to have to pay taxes? Do we have to declare this? Blah, 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 blah. And everybody said, no, 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 it's free money. Well, there's never free money. There's no such thing mm-hmm. as free money unless you're on the welfare system. And right. there is no such thing as free money. And so some way, somehow, we're going to pay for it. And if we don't pay for it, our kids are going to have to pay for it. And I... You know, I, I, the only thing I would agree with is what Jim said. Give it to the people who work but don't make enough, yes. even though they yes. are still working. You know, I just yeah. don't believe in free money. I just don't. I yep. don't think it's free for me to give out, and I don't think it's free for me to receive. So earned income. give it to the people who deserve it. Earned income tax credit is a good public policy. And, and it's you fix it on the taxes. And Mary, at the risk of running out of cigars, give that woman a cigar. Uh, great call. Great call. Michael, that was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, so, uh, you know what? We're going to have to step aside here. In a couple no, we're not. Minutes. No, we're, we're not, not because, no. No, because Betty has been waiting on the line just to talk to us. Betty, you're on KMOX. Yes. Good evening. Good evening. I have a point. I think there is a lot of people that does need that $2,000. Today, it's very cold here in St. Louis. A man was going door to door, handing out little, putting little flyers on the door about a pizza place. You know, he's making a living. I mean, he's trying to make a living. And to deny him that, that's wrong. I even gave him a cup of coffee and a donut because I felt so sorry for him. What I kind mean, of what I kind mean, of donut? Chocolate. Ooh. Where do you live? <laughs> I, I don't want my house <laughs> with people for donuts. <laughs> He's but always looking for a free so- meal, Betty. <laughs> huh? He's always looking for a free meal. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, this man needed it. I'm sure he can pay for his meal, but I, this well, that's man. That's right. John's uh, about to get $2,000. You're talking about Thanks for your call, Betty. Hey, we want to continue to hear from you. Do you think that the money makes sense? Are you like John and uh, others, including Betty, who suddenly have gotten religion on spending? 314-436-7900, And when I come back, I'm going to tell you about Apple. Something they've done that's really aggravated me right after this on KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome back to KMOX. Man, we got a lot going on. We've got callers on the line. We've got a guest. You know, Michael, uh, we're all working through this pandemic. and That's uh, right so many of us working from home that aren't used to working from home. And I thought uh, it'd be a good idea to get a perspective on this. Uh, Joining us right now in the Quiver River Electric Guest Line is John Hancock, Jr. Uh, He is uh, employed by a a local uh, corporate, uh, what do you call it, corporate real estate firm where they lease office space. (laughs) That can't be a very uh, fun business right now. But he's been working from home for the better part of a year now. John Hancock, welcome to KMLX. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, happy to be here. So what's it like working from home and contrast that to what your job used to be when you were together in, in an office? Yeah, so at this point, I'd say it's more of the new normal. I mean, we're going on 
about eight, nine months at this point. Um, a lot of differences, obviously. Uh, some benefits, obviously, the commute, uh, not having to deal with traffic in the morning. I know for those people out here taking 270 south every day, they're happy uh, to not have to deal with that. And for me, I live right by Tillis Park, so not having to deal with McKnight going southbound, uh, real nice with the park and all the lights up. But in terms of work from home, you know, you got three enemies you got to deal with you don't at the office, and that's the bed, the fridge, and the TV. <laughs> and you got to get used to dealing with those distractions. Uh, at this point, you know, I think most people are settled in pretty well. Uh, but it certainly was a uh, you know, stark change of pace um, when it first happened. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The bed, the fridge, and the uh, uh, television are the enemies of working at home. Have or the, or the, or the pool you, table. Right, or the pool table. Have you found, John Jr., that um, uh, your, the amount of Zoom calls you're having to do is falling off? Like, I didn't get that we all of a sudden – because a pandemic happened, had to have Zoom calls where we looked at each other uh, and something we could have typically just had done on the phone in the past. Have you found that that's now starting to drop off or are you still having to stare at people? So I'm still having to stare at people, uh, but I do think it has dropped off a bit. Um, you know, the conference call was a bit of a lost art when this thing first started and it's finally starting to come back. Um, but I think the big thing um, with the offices that are going to open up hopefully soon, you know, the vaccines, right around the corner. Hopefully we get back to normal. And I think you'll see a rebound um, in the office market. People are going to want to get back to work. You can't meet with your teams face-to-face. I think that does harm productivity a bit. Um, getting everyone in the same room certainly helps. And you got to have somewhere to bring clients when they come in from out of town. Yeah, I mean, you've been dealing with uh, your whole business is built on people leasing office space and, and finding locations. Have you found a, a, a has this been particularly hard for your industry dealing with this? So it's obviously been a tumultuous time in the real estate industry. Uh, the office space, you know, they've had their challenges with this, uh, but you know, the demand will bounce back uh, around the corner once we get back to normal. People like having a place to go in to work every day uh, helps, you know, the collaboration and everything. And then industrial, uh, they're not missing a beat with all this going on. And then retail as well. Um, obviously, you have stores closing down, but that market is still humming uh, to the extent it is. And I think we're looking at a strong rebound for the real estate market. We get to quarter one and certainly by quarter two next year. Well, there you have it. You know, we've been talking about the government stimulus and, and what's going on. we got some callers that want to get in on the conversation. Uh, John Hancock, stick around. Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're on X. Your thoughts? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Uh, my biggest take from it is I could do without this money, if the way they tie it into all this money for other countries. But what it definitely pointed out to me was that's why they didn't go after Hunter Biden, because all these politicians are taking money from other countries. They get, you know, $100,000 from them. They give their country a million dollars at a time when we are in such trouble to give all these millions of dollars to other countries for some programs that are totally ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, that googly-eyed Kelly, if, if 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 this would have been one of Trump's kids, he'd have been all over it. But if they'd be all right. Thanks for your call, Tom. <laughs> Tom, thank you Boy, so much. I got the uh, fans out there tonight. Let's do you have uh, well, do you have thoughts on that, Junior? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm missing those googly eyes. Haven't seen them since March. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'd probably be talking some sense into you like these callers are, Mike. But you know, that's okay. Well, Let's from go. one John Hancock to another John Hancock to a John. John, you're on KMOX. Hey, it's not John. It's Jeff. 
Oh, hello, oh, Jeff. You, Jeff. What's up, brother? Yeah. Well, um, first off, I'm a pretty fiscal conservative, conservative and all that. But if the government is going to ask us not to go into work or any of that stuff, they should compensate the people some way. If they're, oh, and so if they're not going to do that, if they're not going to do that, then let the people go back to work. Okay, so yeah. you're saying because of some of the shutdowns and stuff that, in fact, the government should be paying the money because they're restricting people from working. Yeah, I can I yeah. can see that. Yes. Yeah. I get the logic there. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, yeah I can. Now, I, I, go ahead. This is not the same as uh, some universal basic income that some people are preaching. Right. This is, a, this is for a specific emergency that may be needed one, a couple times, and that's it. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, that's that really is the my point crystal, crystallized, Michael, is that if you could target the money, I don't have a uh, $2,000 is not the issue for me. It's just willy-nilly giving out checks to everybody uh, who may or may not need them at a time when the federal government doesn't have any money and we're building debt upon no. debt upon debt. Uh, if you could target the money, I'm all for it. And, and certainly for those businesses that have been shuttered, because of government edict, then yeah, I, I'm all for taking care of those workers. Are you going to be interested to see where all this CARES money uh, winds up going in the years to come as we do get past this pandemic? And there really was trillions of dollars given out to local area governments. I think the city of St. Louis got close to 20 million. St. Louis, uh, St. Louis County got close to 173 million. Isn't it going to be interesting to see where all this money uh, all truly finally went? If we actually see it, I mean, I you know, I'm not convinced we're going to know where it all went or if it went anywhere. Um, you know, these local governments are potentially hoarding all this money. Uh, curious to curious to ask John Hancock Jr. Uh, where are you on the two thousand dollar stimulus checks? Yeah, so just picking up with working from home, I'm fortunate to have a job that allows me to do that. But there's so many Americans out there who don't have that luxury. That's why I think what Senator Hawley is doing, fighting, pushing for this money to go directly to Americans during this pandemic, really is vital and crucial at this time when there's so many people out there hurting. Um, you know, I really support what he's doing, and I think there's people who, because of the government's actions, are out of luck right now. And Junior, hurt. are you becoming a Bernie bro? Oh, Michael, not not in your wildest dreams, my friend. Well, Josh Hawley and Bernie Sanders are fighting for this together. I never thought there'd be a day that Young Jr. would be supportive of a Bernie Sanders program. You know, Michael, I support the American people. I don't break it down by party lines, and that's why I'm really <laughs> impressed that you know, Bernie and Josh Hawley have been able to step aside their differences and work together on this one. Do you think that's what's really going on? Of course. I mean, what else uh, would you be inferring? I don't know what Josh Hawley's up to. Did you ever see the movie The Manchurian Candidate? I have not. It may have been a little before my time. All right. Hey, uh, John Hancock, this is one hour done, brother. We've got another well, we got we got minutes. We got minutes left to go, Kelly. You're uh, you're trying to duck out early here, but uh, we still have minutes left to go in this most excellent broadcast. Um, you know, so we've covered a lot of ground here. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to ask a junior over here, junior. what do you think is the future of the Republican party is, is, is the future of the Republican party with Donald Trump? Uh, or does it look like it may have looked 10 years ago? 
It's going to be the interesting question to see because you do have those two factions. Donald Trump clearly remade the Republican Party in the 2016 election. And you look at 2020 with his coalition changing, losing the uh, educated white voters in numbers that I don't think people would have predicted for a Republican candidate. Uh, but I think he has a base that you know certainly needs to be is a force in this country. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to reconcile with the old school uh, traditional conservatives and more of a you know Bush family mold. You know, I saw an interesting uh, piece the other day, guys, uh, that talked about we've we've made a trade, much like you make in you know in baseball where you send a couple of players over to one team, you get a player back, and maybe future considerations. And the argument that the writer made was that Republicans have traded suburban women uh, to the Democrats in exchange for white working class voters who may not have a college degree. And the point that the writer made was over the long haul, that's going to accrue to the Democrats benefit. But maybe in the short haul, because of the Electoral College, it pays off for the Republicans in 20 seconds, Johnny H. What do you think? I think it's an interesting analogy. Um, the Electoral College, you know, the founding fathers clearly intended uh, put it in there for a reason. We need to keep it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, hopefully that trade works down the long run. I am glad I didn't have to pay tuition to the Electoral College. That's John Hancock Jr. That's Michael Kelly. Hey, when we come back, we got more coming your way on The Voice of St. Louis, Gamble X. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.